You know that feeling when you want to have a real good run? When you really want to go out and run at a maybe a great pace or a fantastic route is really forming in your mind and you can't wait to get those shoes on and to get out and run. <laughs> How weird is that actually? That it's just a feeling and that's a result from a thought. And all that's happening is a picture is forming in your mind's eye and it's releasing a sensation inside of you to actually get going. Here's the intro. Welcome to Hypno Running, the show where we do more than just talk about running. We help you find solutions to develop your full potential, making you a better, faster, and smarter runner. And here is your host, Heiko. Welcome to the Advanced Endurance Coaching Podcast. My name is Heiko. Hey, Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for sparing me 15, 18 minutes. Let's see how long it goes. And, you know, really, I'm in such an excellent mood today because I mastered the first cold run of this winter. Temperatures are just under freezing. So it means no more shorts. I need the gloves. I need that cap. I know you British runners out there, you would still be running in a t-shirt, but I can't manage that. (laughs) And managing that first run, that's usually something that, I'll be honest with you, it takes some warming up to do. Yes, I need a cup of coffee before I head out. Yes, I do need to brace myself for the cold. But of course, then it's incredibly rewarding. And today I want to talk about controlling your run. Why? I mean, what about your run can you actually control? Um, especially, you should be listening, if you are a excuses runner. means if you've never reached your, for example, best 5K time or your best half marathon time or your best full marathon time. So there's a difference between hashtag no excuses runner and hashtag excuses runner. Uh, If you are an excuses runner, it means that you haven't reached your full potential. And like I always say, time is passing. You know, you're not getting any any longer, any younger. So you've surely dreamt about it. You've dreamt about doing a certain distance or a certain time or perhaps that medal. You know, maybe you've been you've been thinking about finally you know jumping on a plane and taking part in the Tokyo Marathon or heading down to Australia running there or perhaps going down to South Africa and doing the Two Oceans Marathon I really would recommend you to do that and you thought about it but somehow it just hasn't happened and you know even though you have the the power of positive thinking cap on you know or the t-shirt it didn't happen because that that picture in your mind that that image you have that obviously it, it requires effort, you know, especially as you're heading towards your 40s or your 50s or your 60s. And you still want to have a, a bit of uh, running with a competitive spirit going on. And it might just be that, well, actually it is the reason that excuses are in your way. Uh, because a excuse does know a distance. You know, don't get confused that if you're a regular 10K runner, you're not being held back by excuses. You know, if your time is not improving, if, if your pace is getting worse, hey, and if you've never analyzed this, if you never look at your time, if you never look back at history and say, hey, what was my time five years back or 10 years back? You really need to do this if you want to become a no excuses runner. If you want to really get the full pleasure of running, you need to have some, th- some statistics, a, a throwback value you can look back up. So you can, do you know, are you playing catch up or are you actually improving? Now, 
you know, if, you, if your pace is getting worse, you know, these, these are all factors which basically relate to incorrect goal setting, number one, or, or perhaps a lack of goal setting, rather said, and then, of course, not training accordingly. And, and this is due to the blame game, the blame game of I don't have time or I don't have the energy or I don't have, you know, the terrain or what have you. And remember, in this show, there's only one valid excuse, and that's for the Dutch listeners out there. No heel training. <laughs> Get it? You know? <laughs> the Netherlands, yeah, they don't have hills there. It's flat, <laughs> not even close to a little incline. <laughs> but the rest of the runners out there, there isn't a possible excuse you could have for not reaching your full run potential. So why we make excuses is actually, it's a distraction um, of sorts that, that keeps us from achieving a task. But there's underlying a deeper, how else could it be, unconscious desire, you know, to protect ourselves. And usually it's got to do with, and this is according to Freud, um, apparently it's uh, against shame or against anxiety. And, and the more anxious or ashamed we are likely to feel, the more likely we are going to find excuses that impede our chances of actually attaining a goal. And just think about it. If you want to run a 10K in sub 39 for example not even a sub 40 sub 39 that that's the goal that's the target i'm looking at 37 minutes and you talk about it in your running club to your friends to your family you're putting yourself out there and of course if you don't reach it many people will suffer from shame <laughs> as crazy as it sounds in case you're not affected by that it happens to a lot of people. And as well, of course, the anxiety, am I actually going to make it? Even though it's just a, it's just a 10K run, it's just a, a number that is hardly relevant for anything except for the own ego. So the, the excuses that aim to, to shift the focus from, from issues pertaining to, um, to our sense of self to issues that are relatively less central. For example, you know, um, if someone would ask you, why did you fail at that 10K, um, the, the anxiety might come in and the subconscious will quickly try to protect the sense of self. And, you know, you might blurt out something like, well, you know, it was extremely cold. Actually, I say that sometimes. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> and th this shifts the focus from your lack of preparation, of training, to something external like the weather that was ultimately out of your control. And there's, a, there's another quote here from, from a researcher at the University of Florida uh, that actually said, that, um, it's, it's a study which says there's actually an advantage and a disadvantage to excuse making. And the excuses, they can sometimes be beneficial if the end result is, uh, they call it um, sheltered self-esteem. And that can apparently, you know, avoid uh, depression or low anxiety. But we're talking about running here. I mean, let's, you know, let's just remember it's about a hobby, a pastime of ourselves. But we define ourselves as runners. So <clears throat> sometimes, you know, if, if we are given a set excuse as runners, it might be that we perform better the next time because we're no longer suffering from a... A, a chip on our shoulder or a chip to our crown or something like that of our self-image. And this, of course, then results in a boost in self-control and in focus, which then gives much better result. If you, if you have a high level of self-control and you're focused, yeah, you're going to run better. <clears throat> but for the excuses to be really like 
like credible you know that, that that's a difficult thing <laughs> and some people go so far they make these they're called detrimental excuses you know and they undermine a person's accountability you might know somebody like that you know somebody um, where you think he might be uh, deceitful or too self-absorbed and <laughs> uh, that's when people actually tell a blatant lie so that that that's the next way that's the next step where it goes to excuse actually then might form into a lie at some stage and that's because these habits they're like neural highways or pathways and and they're deep inside your inside your brain and the ganglia and um, the the dopamine neurotransmitters we spoke about that in some of the earlier shows you know that that reward and generate pleasure with the associated task that we're doing the running and <clears throat> the prefrontal cortex uh, it it is the place where you're going to find um, the solutions to break old habits. Uh, there, there are many, uh, there are many uh, research is based on that, and um, I don't want to go too much into that. But a, a, a root cause of an excuse uh, and why it's a syndrome is that sometimes if somebody is very successful in his job or a very content person, and they might acknowledge that, yes, outside factors do, do play a role. They, they focus on their own errors and what could be learned from him and they, they, from, from them. And uh, there's even something called a Munchausen syndrome. <laughs> and it's a, it's a rare type of mental disorder where a person fakes illness. Uh, so it says like, well, you know, I have this or this um, illness and um, it's on purpose to make themselves unwell. And this is something different again from the typical three kind of excuses that people have. There's the prescription identity where a, a runner, for example, is not bothered with, with doing a certain task in his calendar. And, and I, I hear this quite a lot in runners. You know, I just didn't feel like doing tempo runs. And a runner who's, got a, who's bought and paid for a six-week training program and skipped the, the Tuesday tempo run sessions, you know, that's a... Uh, prescription identity type of excuse and the the identity event that's the second one is where the where the individual the the runner he has no control over the outcome of an event for example there was nothing i could do you know it was a very hilly course you know, what did you want me to do you know it was extremely hilly <laughs> well prepare in a extremely hilly situation environment maybe <laughs> and there's the um <clears throat> there's the prescription event and that's where the event itself is blamed and not the individual you know and um, uh, that would be the same excuse as I like before you know and the start at, of the New York Marathon for example it's extremely cold you've got to wait a long time and then by the time you start running you know many people have already lost a lot of body heat so it's a, it's a very cold marathon and I mean poo, you know it's, it's, it's not down to me you know <laughs> it's the event it was badly organized and these excuses um, they're already imprinted inside your brain. And it means perhaps you, when you learned how to drive a car, you, you learned in a stick shift. And do you still remember exactly where the reverse gear was in that first car that you drove? Was it on the top left or top right? Or, or where was it? You, you, you'll remember it immediately. <laughs> I know my Mazda 323, you know, it, you had to push down and left and up. That's where the reverse gear was. I still remember it today. In the same way, excuses get stuck inside the brain. And maybe during this 
podcast, you're going to realize where are you stuck? Where are you still thinking in excuses? Where have you already got an excuse and you feel like, I can't control it? Or let's look at it differently. How about gaining control of your run by focusing on what you can actually control on? That's what I'd like you to do on your next run. Or even spend the next couple of minutes just thinking about what are the things you can influence? You know, one of the things is, is how serious do you take your, your, your whole running? How serious on a scale of 1 to 10 do you take it? And the next one is something you can control is how much effort you exert whilst running. What is the level of, of, of uh, you put in in terms of your maintaining your pace in terms of pushing yourself when it gets difficult, when you realize your heart rate is nearly going up to a higher level, when you realize, you know, already the lactose is, is starting to build. How, how much effort do you put in? You can control that. Uh, one point is, and I'll note it down here because this is a bit of a dodge bullet here, you know, your level of honesty, uh, just honesty in running. Hey, all I say is go to that site, Marathon Investigations, you know, athletes do it so often that they cut a course or that they cheat on a time they change a bib number it, you can control your level of honesty and you can also control how well you prepare not just physically but also mentally and thanks for listening to the show that's what's going to help you refreshen up your thoughts about running uh, you can control how you can act on your feelings if during a run, you have suddenly a feeling where you're not feeling well. How do you react on that? How do you react towards that? That's your choice. Or how you interpret a situation. <laughs> you know, just like I said in the beginning, if I want to go out for the first winter run, why am I making it a, such a big drama? Like it's the first winter run. It's, it's below freezing. You know, <laughs> all you need is your gloves and your cap, actually, and you can head out. But it depends on how you relate to it. Well, whether or not you compete with people around you, you can control that. We've had that also in one of the previous podcasts. Are you running against someone who doesn't even know you're running against him? <laughs> and of course, whether you're a listener or you're somebody who waits to speak. And that's something that you control, which is relevant for running, because there's a lot of good advice out there. Um, perhaps some people out there think they need to talk a lot without even ascertaining is the other person going to listen to him? Is the other person even interested in this? <laughs> That's in your control. So one of the big things is how nice you are talking to yourself in your head. You know, how the words that are going through your brain, <laughs> the things that you say to yourself, that's in your control. This is your inner dialogue. They're your words. <laughs> of course, you can control whether you are dwelling on negative thoughts whether you're holding on to that DNF, whether you're holding on to that, ah, you know, hills are getting tough all the time, or whether you take negative experiences and you, you let them go, you let them move on, you don't have a negative emotion against them, you don't let it build up over years. You can control your diet, of course, big influence on, on how we perform as runners. We can control how much time we spend worrying, especially those of you who are going into ultra marathons. There's so much worry about what happens at kilometer 50 and what's going to happen at kilometer 60. We just look at the forum of the Comrades Marathon. Every year it's the same questions coming up again. And what are these questions? Runners are worried about what's going to happen. Don't worry about it. Prepare properly. 
follow a structured training plan, prepare yourself mentally, but don't focus on the worry. Uh, one other thing you can control is whether you try a new route or whether you're going to always continue running the same route. That's under your control. Remember, I said in the previous show as well, hey, exploring a new route, how important is that? Diversify, get a new experience, try a new distance. Whether or not you think about a past success, now, this is something some runners out there might think, oh, I, don't, I don't like to think about my successes. I haven't really got successes. Well, if you don't appreciate what you've accomplished in the past, uh, you're setting a very low level, a very low level of expectations. I would really ask you control that thought that you are respecting your accomplishments. It doesn't mean you need to be Mr. Instagram runner 1805 and you post a selfie of yourself every day and another eight miles done today <laughs> i think we've got enough of those out there in that world no but you can control your successes by surrounding yourself with them perhaps you know put that medal somewhere where you see it every day and keep it as a mental a cue so that yes i achieved this you can control whether you um ask for help or not you can control whether you take risks or not how big are those risks are you finally going to go for that marathon if you've never done it you can control how clear you are on explaining your run goals the clearer you are on formulating your run goals i guarantee you the more likely you are you're going to achieve them and another big thing is how you share information with other runners and how you accept information from other runners. Another big one, very important one, is how quickly you try again after you fall. That's under your control. And <laughs> whether you are focusing on what's going right or what seems to be going wrong. Hey, these are look, these are no-brainers, but they're so powerful because the more you focus on that that you control, the more powerful it's going to be. Get the more controlled your your run is going to be, the more controlled your one run is today. Today's run is all that counts. The more controlled the whole week is going to be, and then you're going to look back at six weeks of marathon training or six weeks of training a 5k, and what's going to happen because you're controlled, you have focus, and if you have focus, what happens then? You're going to be pushing yourself and you're going to be exploring new limits and you're going to be running fast and you're going to become a, a better, stronger and a smarter runner. It's as simple as that. <laughs> look, I really look forward to hearing about your transformation, your story. So feel free to drop me an email, makeeverystep at gmail.com, makeeverystep, one word, at gmail.com. And I have one single request. You haven't heard any ad. You haven't heard me make any add for some pair of compression socks or sunglasses or what have you but next time when you go on amazon because hey remember somebody's got to pay for that rocket yep and i know you're going to go to amazon anyway you're going to buy a pair of scissors or something or item that five minutes ago you didn't even know it existed and now you must have it so anyway whilst you're on amazon please do enter my name heiko stribble s-t-r-i-b-l and brain training for runners don't just enter brain training for runners because what's going to happen then you will be getting a very great book which is over 600 pages and most probably you're not going to read it it's going to look great on your shelf 
but you're not going to read it. And even if you read it, which is going to take you quite some time, and it really is a fantastic book, uh, but it's not by me. Uh, uh, you're not going to be able to remember everything that's inside that book. That's why Brain Training by Heiko Stribble, that is the one you want. Why? Huh. Get a copy. It's easy to read and it's an understandable toolkit to help you grow as a runner. It's relatable. It means it's, it's applicable to real-life steps, real-life processes in helping you really improve as a runner. It's not complicated to read. What do I mean? It's not complicated to read uh, because you're not going to remember the complicated stuff whilst running. You're going to remember the basic points. And what, what I meant by not complicating is, you know, these books that start off according to a study conducted in the year 1979 in, oh my goodness, how difficult are those books? No, this one isn't like this. There are no deviations or references to studies and psychological names. However, everything is based on scientifically proven methods. It is usable contents enabling you to take your level <laughs> to the next level, wherever you're at. And, and that's my sincere wish for you. I really mean that most sincerely. Why? Because, yeah, Proverbs 17, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. So let's be cheerful. Let's have a cheerful heart. <laughs> God bless you. Share the show. Give it a like. And remember, take it easy.